joke around all the time when I get down with the podcast and I go up to the camera and I go, oh no, I didn't press record. It's kind of like my, my joke to everybody. Yeah. And I know, sadly, one of these times I'm going to walk up and I'll be like, it's really not recording. <laughs> oh. Like, it's going to be like an hour long podcast. And I just hope it's one between like me and Dustin or somebody yeah. who's down here all the time and not like somebody who comes on one time or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Terrible. Like the Joe Rogan experience where it's three hour long podcast and you're just like, yeah, so this isn't going to happen. Dude, it would be terrible. I'd feel so bad. <laughs> we did get our mics in. I ordered in some mics finally. Didn't have them set up yet. I wanted to have them set up for this, but I just didn't get around to downloading the software and stuff. But that'll be fun. So we'll have you on again when we get the mics. Well, it's, I mean, we talked about doing this for a while. And it's like, man, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And you're like, dude, I've never known you to not just be able to talk. So. <laughs> exactly. All right. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Live Beyond Average podcast. I'm Jordan Miller. I'm here with a really good friend. I'm trying not to say the term like old friend because that would inc incline that we're old. Well, so I, I feel it. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, a friend of mine that we have been friends since college. We met in college, Jared Thomas, and uh, it's been a fun journey up until this point. I mean, what year did we? I mean, we met in like '08, but we weren't really friends then yet. Yeah, I was an athletic training student for, for college, so we met when you were still playing basketball. So 07, 08-ish. Yeah. yeah, and then it wasn't until um, we both found ourselves on the track team that we yeah. were like, and even even then, like I started out as a distance runner, and then we're like, no, let's, let's I wanted to do hurdles, so we're like, well, we got to get you a better sprinter. Yep. Um, so we started doing sprint workouts together, and then, um, I don't know how, like that runner's high feeling where mm -hmm. you're just... Like, just so gassed at the end and all yeah. those endorphins flowing, and then you just start doing, like, s silly, crazy stuff, and you're just like, we just kind of all bonded around. There was a group of us. That... We did. We had a group on that track team that, like, we had, we did have a pretty strong bond. It was it was cool. And that was something that I didn't get being on the basketball team. Yeah. So it was a cool experience for me um, going from, like, not having, you know, you're close with your basketball guys, but it was only on the basketball court yeah. for me. Um and so then when I was on the track team, it was like a total different experience. So yeah, it was pretty cool. It, it was, I mean, the the motivation, the, the camaraderie was there. I mean, those those acceleration workouts sucked. I mean, they oh, were good, but, but at the same time, like, hard. I remember our coach came in and he's like, I don't know, every time I come in here to see how you guys are doing, he's like, you look like you've just gone to war. I'm like, <laughs> he, he's like, you you come out of that bathroom and you just look like you've been in a war. And I'm like, yeah, it's because I was probably just throwing up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think so, at least every day I threw up once. Dude, and for people who don't know, so the acceleration program that we went, we utilized it because we went to a smaller college. We didn't have an indoor track. And in South Dakota, if you've been to South Dakota, it gets a little cold in the wintertime. Yeah. So we utilized a program called Acceleration. It's basically a giant treadmill um, that wow. has a massive... 40, incline 40 percent incline and like 27.8 miles per hour yeah so basically goes higher than what you'll ever want to run and faster than you can run um and then it has a bar in the front so you can actually over speed train yourself by holding onto that bar and you know the methods behind it are obviously that you're, yeah you're pushing at those different inclines and you're pushing at those higher rates of speed that you're obviously gaining acceleration within your body and the program works really well i think you got to like we do speed tests for six seconds. I think you got yes. 23 miles per hour for six seconds. Yeah, didn't we all get... I got 22 and a half. Yeah, 
I thought you got 23 and I had like 23 and a half or something. No, like I, that. Didn't, I didn't make 23. I tried. Okay, okay. It's literally fast enough that it melts your shoes. It gets hot. It's, it's insane. It's so, like, we had some of the, um, like, Chad Greenway from the Vikings, his cousins yeah. were, were there because we yep. were Mitchell. Um, and I, I, like, they're very gifted athletes. And they came in and were, were doing some of it because I interned there for, well, we both did. Yep. Um, yep. Interned there for for a summer, and uh, like they were trying to speed test at like twenty four miles an hour, and literally came off, and their shoes were smoking. Yeah. It it, it it's nuts. Yeah, I think the fastest guy at that one was like uh, Jamie Spurley. Yeah. And he was he was before our time at Dakota Wesleyan, but he actually qualified for like the USA. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a hundred meter dasher. Yeah. Uh, sprinter, and I think he ran twenty four even. Wasn't it? 23 and a half, 24 even? It was 24 the, even or 24 five. I remember, I, it was, I remember our, me and Jimmy and Dalton were both like a half mile per hour yeah. under, under what Maybe he was doing. We were trying to hit his 24 flat and I think we were all at 23 or 23 and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was crazy, man. What a fun program. But like, like you said, when you're suffering with that group, like that's a cool thing was, you know, we had our, you know, our four or five sprinters that we trained together and we did that program together. And when you're in there just getting worked and Man, and like you know that you still have to like lift afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like it was lift. just lift. Yeah, it wasn't much lifting because we were just so gassed. But it was, dude. It's just like when you have that camaraderie and that suffering together, and like what that builds. You know, it was pretty cool. And at the time, we thought we were mature people, but looking oh, back, man. we're like we were immature. Oh, as when it comes to relationships crazy. and just in general. So, <laughs> so and that's that's actually. Um, I'm, you hear it all the time, right? Embrace the suck. And that's, mm -hmm. I mean, from, from a military perspective, we talk about that all the time. It just helped us get through those hard times. Um, but I did a, a, a public speaking event where I talked about this a little bit with that, that embrace the suck. It's when we're in there, like you, you learn to rely on people because that's, that's the only thing you have. There's nothing else. I mean, all we had was, you know, to get, to get you through it is, man, I, I got to keep, I mean, we were doing relays, right? Yep. Um, yep. I remember uh, we were trying to break the school record Yep. Um, in, in Lincoln for indoor track. And, and they have those, that, that track that sets up the corner so it's always faster, right? Yeah, it has a banked, the banked corners. Banked corners, yeah. yep. One of the very few in the country yeah. that are like that. But Lincoln, uh, the... The Devaney Center. Yep, yep, yep. down in the... Uh, the, the Cornhuskers. Oh, yeah. We got to run that. It was cool. What a it, cool experience for us. I know? mean... We did some very unhealthy things. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, a lot of supplements at once. I mean, not, nothing illegal or anything like that, but it was, we all felt miserable afterwards from just overload of... Well, we didn't, we were we didn't so know. young and raw with stuff and like didn't know and there wasn't the research capabilities at our fingertips that we have now. And so, yeah, we would drink a Red Bull with a scoop of Jack 3D. Yeah. And this is what, like, 09, 10? Yeah. This is 09. Was, and so... It was very new and very... It was stupid. It was very dumb. Because, like, people literally died from drinking Jack 3D. Yeah. Like, it was just... It wasn't regulated back then. Man, that that bus yeah. ride back, though, we were all just kind of sitting there, like, just rocking back and forth, like, oh, my God, I feel terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Well, like, I remember Dalton, one of our 400 guys, and he was kind of our fast anchor guy. Yeah. And, like, yeah, he would just... No, he was our starter. He was a starter. He was a starter. And uh, Jimmy, Jimmy was Jimmy anchor. was our anchor. Yep. And uh, 
Yeah, I remember he just yeah, like he just oh, yacked hard after that. Well, and I mean the thing that I remember most about that is is that I was a third leg, which traditionally is the third, the slowest one because you get your your starter um, gets out as far ahead as you can. That second leg um, just keep, tries to maintain. Third one is where we can okay. If we lose a little bit, that's fine. And then your fastest guy is the end to just give it everything you have. And when you say slow, though, in college, it's not it's slow. It's not slow, yeah. Cause it's just comparable. It might be a half of a second or a second split. So if everybody's running 48, you might be a 49-2, which is, yeah, you know. I'm just making a mess here. Like, <laughs> nice. Don't, don't mind me. It's a party foul spilling the secret out here. But, yeah, I mean, that the camaraderie built there. Well, and, and I remember, um, like I said, I was at third leg and it, for a 400-meter race. Um, that's two laps around an indoor track. And yep. uh, that last corner, because it was banked corners, um, it was you're down on the edge and it's angled, and I stepped in inside the track, right? And there's a line judge right there. Um, and I thought, oh, man, I just, I killed it, right? I DQ'd us. We're right here. We've been working really hard. This, I think it was conference. It was. Like it we was were, the conference championships. Yep. We were yep. we were right there, and we ended up, and I, so I stopped. I let off the gas because I stepped out of bounds. I was like, man, it, all that weight is on me. Um, and then I, I hear, that. I mean, you can hear the, the rest of the team like, finish, you know? I'm like, all right, I, whatever. Might as well yep. keep going. Finish. We ended up missing the record by like, Point two or point three or something. Stupid close, yeah. And and I felt the weight of that, right? Like, man, I let up for three steps, and that's all that it takes in a, in a race that fast. Yep. Um, yep. But it was like, no, I'm, you know, the guys were right there. Like, no, it's we're all. You, you oh, know, I could have I could have exactly. done a little, you know, point three. Everyone's like, well, I could have done that. Faster. Yeah, but, I could have done that. And yeah, and when you don't get what you want, as an athlete, you never look at one guy. Like, no. if you're an actual athlete and you're competitive, you always look inward of what, like, what you could have done yourself. You're like, well, I know I was tired around that corner, and I was battling myself to go faster and not slow down. Like, you, yeah. at, at, when, you're, when you're competitive in that sense, like, yeah, you always look at yourself as the... Well, and, and to that point, like, we talk about, um, you know, the, the value that sports bring to, mm. to kids and stuff like that, right? That, that self-awareness piece that you're talking about right there, I mean, the ability to be able to do that and apply it to everything else in life, right? Self-awareness. Um, when we're looking at, I mean, man, anything from, did I, did I have a conversation right? Did I, um, could I have done better here? Like, taking that ownership and looking for every situation, right? Self-awareness is huge in our world today. And I think that that's one of the things that, that we're truly, um, I don't want to say lacking. I mean, we probably are, but, yeah. but it's, it's more of I a... I'd say we are. I, I, I don't know that we know... That we are. The impro Right. I, <laughs> yeah. And it, it just kind of talks in circles, but that awareness of not being self-aware is... is 100% correct. 100% correct. And it's funny because I talk about this with a lot of my clients and younger athletes too. And it's, it's funny that you brought it up because... It's even been brought up in conversation more so in 2020. Oh in, man! In my in my facility, where I'm training people, like it's been brought up way more. And I, I remember back in, you know, April and May, I had I was training actually more athletes than I previously was, and it was because they had nowhere to go and nothing to do. Right. You know, yeah. they weren't in school. No track. And yeah, exactly. There was nothing to do. They weren't in school, and I had this conversation with like multiple athletes, and and I train 
a lot of like what I would call mid-tier athletes and I train a couple very high-tier athletes. So I, I train a, a D1 volleyball player that plays in a major conference, train, you know, and then I train some junior high kids and then I train some, you know, early freshman, sophomore kids and I train like a really good football player. So like that's probably a little bit more higher tier. So kind of a, a, a wide range right. of athletes. But the conversations with all of them, it's funny, come back to the same exact thing. And the lesson presented might be slightly different, but the subject matter is always the same. And as like a lot of times it's it's that at the time, back in April and May, it was, hey, a lot of their what are your friends doing? And they and all their athlete friends or teammates weren't doing anything. And it was like you could almost at that moment make that prediction of like you know the kids in the next couple years who are going to be likely the ones to be the standout athletes, mm-hmm. the who make all state, who get the scholarships, and it was. And if you look back at the correlation, I bet to 2020, it's going to be those kids who they chose and their parents chose not to be slowed down by the current yeah. environment, and they pushed through and they put in the extra work when nothing else was going on, when it was hard to find gym space, when it was difficult to go against the grain. And the, but those people put in the work, and I, I guarantee you, in the next year or two, when we see the standout athletes, if you go up and interview every one of them, like, what were you doing in 2020, in like April, May, June, even in March? I guarantee you, they'll all be like, oh, I got a trainer, or I was in the gym, or I was, yep. you know, doing that extra work, you know, because they had the self awareness that it was like, this is I'm gonna be a champ, like I can train to be a champion right now. Nobody, I can take advantage of this opportunity. Everybody else is sitting at home. I can step in here and make progress and like build a window of, okay, I might be the same as everybody else when it comes to skill level. I can build a gap. Well, and I think that's a, it's, it's an interesting point that, that you bring up there is that self-awareness is kind of rooted in, in the concept of vulnerability, right? Like in, in order to be self-aware, it, it's a hard thing to measure because if you are self-aware, then you're always going to be harder on yourself and, and yes. like forcibly like measure yourself lower. But if you're not self-aware, then everything's great. You know, the sky is always blue and I'm perfect, right? So yeah, that's so, interesting. That's it's true. Though. So having that self-awareness is really rooted in the the, the concept and understanding of what vulnerability means and 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 living it right. And then I think that's. Um, uh, Dr. Brene Brown, she always references that um, you can't have courage until you have vulnerability. And we think about that, like, in a military perspective, that makes sense, right? All these people who have, have these uh, medals of valor and things like that, the easy one for me to think of is, um, like, Private Dawes from, like, Hacksaw Ridge and stuff like that, right? He, he made the choice to... to um, go into battle and keep going back after these people with no weapon, right? That was a vulnerability to go into a war zone with no weapon, but that's what made it so courageous because there was that inherent vulnerability that had to be overcome. Without that vulnerability, he's just the same as any other medic. Mm -hmm. So I think that when we come back to our self-awareness, we get this mindset of vulnerability, right? But it's really more of the courage to face ourselves and to face our own weaknesses so that we know where to, to build and grow and, and to, to see where to do it uh, or to see where to, to, to 
put effort and emotional resources into that that growth. Dude, and it's kind of funny that you say this because you got, it really got me thinking when you were making some of those points was, you know, you talk about, you bring up vulnerability and three-fourths of the guys listening are probably like, Just, yep, yeah, right. like kind of shut down or not listen or oh, like, because you bring up vulnerability and the last thing, you know, I, I like to bring up stuff for men in this podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. at times too. Um, just because I know a big portion of our listeners are, are dudes. Um, but it's it's funny because as a, as a guy, you don't think about being vul- vulnerable as being very manly. Right. You know what I mean? But you made a very valid point when you were like, oh, yeah, when you, when you can be self-aware and bring out those vulnerabilities, it allows you to step up and have courage and take action. What did, what did, what did the, the soldier do? Well, he that vulnerability allowed him to have the courage and then do what with that courage? Take action with it. And so actually being vulnerable totally launches you to another level of being more manly. Absolutely. So it's, it's the opposite. I mean, it's, it's deep rooted in, in the effective leadership. When we talk about different leadership strategies uh, between transformational and servant leadership and, and all of this stuff, like it's deep seated in there. But even when it comes to um, your personal relationships, when it comes to uh, being a parent, being a, you know, whatever, um, I, I think back to when I was, the last two and a half years has been a, a, a lot of, of growth for me. And I, it's gotten to the point where it's come to um, a, a complete identity crisis within the last two years, 18 months, where, where I, I sat down at the kitchen table with my wife and I was like, is this the person you know me to be? Like my grandma used to used to refer to me as her tender-hearted little lamb. Yep. Um, and I was always very soft-hearted, um, nice to the extreme, things like that. And I was like, is this the person that you know? Have you ever known me to be this person? She's like, no, that's not right. And then you get to look at, I mean, I just broke down and start crying. Yeah. Right. And it's you start to look at different things and we'll talk about that in a second, but, yep. but that incongruence with, with who you are supposed to be, like who you're, mm-hmm. you're programmed to be and who you're living yourself to be. And I think yes. that we've talked about, about this before too, but I mean, that disagreement causes a lot of, of issue in life and in your relationships. I remember, um, and, and mainly the relationship with yourself. Well, right. Which like, then breathe, you know, fingers off into all your personal relationships. So, exactly. Like, I, I remember um, being a parent is hard. Um, and, and I remember my dad giving me um, a lot of, of feedback on, you're being too hard on, on, on your son. You're being too hard on him. He's, he's just a kid. You're being too hard on me. You can't expect perfection and things like that. And this was all while I was going through this... At the same I, time, I call it my, you know, my identity crisis type moment, um, and it didn't really. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get through this one. <laughs> it, every time it, it 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 comes back, but yeah, it didn't set in until we were having tacos one night, and his taco shell fell apart, and you know all the taco stuff <laughs> falls out, and he just started crying as a four year old because because it wasn't. It was a mess now. Yep. Right? And and he broke down and cried. And I had this realization that that's not... 
that's not him as a four-year-old. That's what I've forced him to live, right? So there was that self-awareness right there of saying, this has caused an emotional response because a taco fell apart. Mm-hmm. Tacos fall apart all the time. Like, I don't think I can go to Qdoba without getting a taco to fall apart. Yeah, I'm 32 and I destroy my taco 90% of the time. And I still cry <laughs> when it's a Qdoba taco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that self-awareness there of like, wow, this isn't, this isn't him. He's living my issues. Sure. And, and that's... Right, so so that that self awareness was there, and it had to be something that I fixed because I'm not going to be able to force force an emotional, well, the appropriate emotional response to a four year old mm-hmm. who doesn't understand emotions, and it's just an emotional response because he hasn't lived up to my expectations of what meat is because a taco fell apart, right? So that's a self. I mean that that kind of got deep a little bit, um, but that. That's a self-awareness thing that I have to to figure out and go, okay, how am I handling situations? Yes. And I think that even comes back to um, one of the things that I had to learn was what are your core values, right? And it's so easy for us to give these these superficial faith, family, country, like those are my core values. Right. Right. But you have to look at what truly permeates everything you do. Yes. Right. When I was going through this, I had some some great friends, um, counselors who were helping me through this situation. And they're, you can say that, but you should be able to see a line like a, a thread, golden thread, through everything you do. That you can see those values through everything you've done. Yeah, and those those ones you mentioned might be things that are at the top of your priority list and very important to you, but that's different than your core a value. Core value. So in, in a way that I, the way that it had to work for me is that there's different resources that have like lists of hundreds of different values sure. that have been identified through research and stuff like that. And it's a very qualitative analysis process to be able to just highlight them, right? These, this is one that resonates to me. This is one that resonates to me and put them on a post-it note. And then you start looping them to, or grouping them together and say, okay, what is the overwhelming thing on this one, right? What is the overwhelming thing? Right, so even when we talk about faith, that's a that's an easy one, right? Like, no, faith is faith is a core value for me. I, you know, I love God. My faith is is big to me, um, but that might not be your core value, because that also goes into okay, what does faith and family and friendships and all that stuff have in common? Well, to me, faith is having a relationship with God and yes. having a relationship with family and having a relationship with friends. So to me, I can say that the, the thing that ties all of those together is a relationship. So relationship is actually the, the core, core value. value. Yep. Yes. And then in my faith, I can see that, nope, that supports my core value of relationship because I have a relationship with God. You know, building these, these, these friendships, these deep-seated, I can go back to all my, you know, times when I was, was struggling the most is because I didn't feel like I had that relationship, right? Mm-hmm. High school was really hard for me. I didn't feel like I had a lot of friends. I didn't have that relationship. I was out of alignment with my core values. Um, you, you know, and, some, and one of the other ones throughout this process was that personal excellence. I'm always, you know, lifelong learner. I always love to be, be learning new things. Like school was actually really fun for me. I really hated the homework part of it because it just felt like busy work and in an ineffective use of my time. But to sit there and listen to professors and learn things and like I'm a big consumer of podcasts for that reason. And and like 
You like information pouring in. Yeah, or or even having that self awareness, right? Like this summer we did the the archery fitness league. Yes. And and the way that you put it out is like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna do a thing that um, we have an opportunity to get better at your archery, get better at your fitness, and have fellowship with some some new guys, right? Well, that hits my my two core values of personal excellence. It allows me to get better at being an archer. It allows me to get better being a physically fit hunter. And I get to build relationship. Yes. So knowing those know, helps me go, that's a valuable place for me to invest my time and energy and emotions. Because it feeds your two main core values. My, my core values are in alignment. There. Yes. Yep. So, so being able to really find those for yourself and being... Again, tying back to that self-awareness, being able to say, yes, these are, these are it, but are there deeper values, right? Yes. And then that gives you meaning in life. And that gives you, gives you, I'm going to mess up the, the analogy, but it gives you purpose. Yep. Right? So it, it's just... Because, because you're going to be able to go out and search out and find those things that feed you. Like you gave the perfect example with the Archie Fitness League. Right, like, because you have found your core values, you were able to find things that you need to help propel them and help feed you, which then gives you purpose. Um, just, I'm just basically restating what Jared just said, just quickly. Um, and and by by feeding, what what does that cause? Right, that causes the better relationship. That causes maybe a little bit more happiness. And so it's a snowball effect. We talk about that on the podcast all the time, right? Building momentum. Doing right. things that help you build momentum. Acting helps you build momentum. So what did Jared do in that situation, right? He acted to find core values, which then enabled him to make decisions to act on finding activities that feeds his core values. Right? Am I wrong here? Right? No, right absolutely. Here. And, then, and then that's, you know, and he hasn't gotten into the next portion of that, but what, what does that do, right? That builds momentum for, for him. It builds momentum for his his mental health, his his physical yeah. health, his his relationships, which builds positivity, which builds happiness. Like we talk about a lot of those things on the podcast, on just how to you know get out of ruts or how to be a better husband, a better coworker, you know, in your career, in your business, and that is what these things do. Well, and I think that it's it's an interesting point that that. Okay, I, I might get I might get a little far out on a limb here, but sure, let's go for it. But uh, in our in our very superficial world right now with social media, and that's we mostly know people by their their virtual identities and stuff like that. That mm-hmm. we don't um, that we're looking for for meaning, okay. right? In a, in a, in the the olden days. Uh, before before internet, the olden days, right? <laughs> olden dial up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> trying to we talk in the nineties. What to, are we talking? Trying to call up someone on the phone. And <laughs> I, okay. Anyway, let's get let's get rocking. Okay, I have Go. a quick story, and I'll Go. I'll get back to it. Right. Back in dial up days, uh, I was trying to because we only had the one phone line, and then dial up <laughs> took that phone line. Yeah, I was. Teenager, so I was like, I'm gonna go call this call this girl and you uh-huh. know ask her out. But I was really nervous, so I crawled up on the roof of my parents' house with our cordless phone, and I'm sitting there talking on the phone and just like I'm on the roof. It's middle of the night. 
not middle of the night, it was like eight, but it was winter, so it was, you know, Felt like it was dark. Night. But I'm sitting there, I'm nervous, and I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. And all of a sudden, you're just on the phone, and all of a sudden you hear, eee! And you're just like, really? Built up this whole thing, and all is just gonna get ruined by a die. Anyway. Yep, yep, because of the single phone line. That's great. So I, I digress. Anyway, we, back before this social media concept came along, People would gather to support a cause. Yes. Right? When we talk about church, right? People gathered to support the worshiping of, of God or, or the army or parades or things like that. People would gather for a cause. But we've transitioned into a, a life where people wake up and go to search for that community, right? Mm -hmm. I get on Twitter, I'm a part of that community, but I don't have a cause. I go on Twitter looking for a cause. That's why we have the trending list because I'm like, oh, Here's a cause I can get behind. And it creates such a toxic environment and it's so void of meaning, right? There's no meaning for it. Uh, C.S. Lewis talks about um, before something can be, it has to have meaning. And he uses the example of, of like a blinker, right? So you take your car to the mechanic and you're like, oh, I got it checked up or whatever. I'm driving on. I'm like, hey, I forgot to have you check this. Can you check this light for me? So I turn the blinker on and the mechanic says, Yep, it's working. No, it's not. Now it's working. No, it's not. Now it's working. And you're like, okay, but you don't understand the meaning that it is supposed to flicker like that, yes. right? Before something can be effective, it has to have meaning. So when we look at having those core values, it really assigns meaning to it, right? So we get those core values lined out and start to find those things that we're threading through, uh, through everything we do, and then it builds meaning. And, and, you know, to take that one step further, without, without uh, meaning, you can't have purpose, right? Or, or purpose being order. So, sure. so we look at, um, say, say you're, ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to struggle on this one because I, I got a little bit too far out. Uh, <laughs> I like how you just call it out. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Vulnerability. Yep. Self-awareness. Exactly. exactly. I, I live it. Um, so we have all this, we're going to build this table, this, this table that we got. We got all the different pieces of it. Okay. Right. And they're all laying there. But until you know that there's the meaning of, of those pieces is that they're supposed to build a table. They can't fulfill their purpose. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so you can't have purpose without meaning. Like same thing, you go to clean your room, right? I got to clean this up. But that assumes that there's a meaning behind why you have your your editing stuff over there and your your supplement stuff back here and your podcast station here, right? It assumes that there's a meaning for why there is before there can be purpose, before there can be order. Right. So so as we're looking for those those opportunities to connect, to really fulfill our lives, we we've so often hit the easy button of turning to social media. And trying to go find those causes that, you know what, I wake up in the morning, I want that connection. So I flip open Twitter, and there's trending lesson like, oh, I could get behind that cause. So I go looking for that connection. When instead, if we find those, those core values that, that fulfill our lives, that gives us meaning. Mm -hmm. And then when we're, when we're realizing that meaning we can assign purpose to it because we have, we understand what the, what the, the, the meaning we're trying to fulfill. We understand what's going to give us a fruitful experience, get that motivation, get that snowball rolling. And then we can go out and seek those, 
those opportunities like the fitness league. I'm tr I'm trying to. It's it's making sense in my head. No, <laughs> it is. It is. It, yep. Keep it, going. It, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> Woo! Uh, you get that uh, that meaning assigned, and then now all of a sudden it's created purpose. Now we have that community. Now we have that reason to keep going. Yes. Right. Same thing when we go back to our track and our relationships and things like that. We found that meaning. I am meant to be this third leg of of this thing. My apologies. Yes. I couldn't hear what you said. Uh, it's because I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> Siri is very rude. Siri, she was in it though. She was, woo! She was in it. Track. Uh, I'm, I'm meant to be that third leg of this, this relay. Um, so growing together, finding people that also knew their meaning, and it was a mutual meaning, created purpose. Now we grew together as a group. Now we have that, we're going to keep each other going. We're going to keep, keep going because we're all working towards the same goal. Yeah. What do championship teams all have in common? The coaches do a great job of getting every guy on that team to work towards the same goal and understanding their purpose. Right. Right? Because not everybody can throw the ball. Yep. Not everybody can make a block. So everybody has to have their purpose in order to win the football game. And it's, I mean, it, simple analogy, but what a, I mean, what a simple one to look at that, actually, and kind of understand. Yeah. Like, we all have these different purposes, and it has to have meaning behind it. Well, even, I mean... And even to take this back to the Bible, right? Paul writes about we all have different purposes. We yeah. all have different purposes in the ministry. You know, should we say to a foot, you know, cut it off because it's not a hand? Or, right. Or, or, right? No. The body has to function all as one. Right? There's different purposes for different things. But as long as you understand your purpose, have that self-awareness for what you're supposed to do and your purpose for being a part of it, now you can function properly. And that's where I think that we get... So I guess if I were to, to title this conversation, I would say the secret to life. The right? secret it's not really life. a secret. No. It's, <laughs> you just have to look for it. Yeah. It, it's, like a, it's like a treasure map that you just have to go looking for, right? But understanding that self-awareness and understanding your purpose and knowing that your purpose might be different helps, can, helps connect you to the thing. And the fact that it might change over time. Right. You know what I mean? Like just because... You're at, like you talked about, you know, where you were at two years ago leading into now. That's a, that is a, a moment and a stage, right? And those moments and stage you will grow. I mean, the hope is always, right, that we talk about growth. The hope is always that you'll grow up through that stage and out of that stage into your next one, which may, you know, your core values probably will always be generically close to the same, but you still might see a change in those well, over time. And your core values should stay pretty close to yes. the same. But you'll be able to, again, if we go to that, what do these all grow? have in common, right? Yes. yes, because 10 years ago, I still had the two core values. I may not have understood them fully yet, Yes. but I still had the same two core values. Now I have kids, right? So, but that also plays a part in there. It just changed a little bit because we mature. We start to right. see it in a different light, but it's still like, oh, right. It's still building, you know, so you have right. to ask yourself, is it, is what I'm doing aligning with these? Yep. Right. I mean, I think about, I used to, used to tell myself like, man, back in, you know, 10 years ago when we started this thing, right? Like I remember we'd, we'd, well, before we, you even came up with the, the, the concept of run to gun, right? I remember we, we took off school that one day. Uh, we went, we went archery hunting in the morning and then on the way back, we're like, Dude, it's going to be a nice day. I don't really feel like going to class. Let's just buzz quick over to Murdo. And we went grouse hunting that afternoon. Yep. Um, and, and we did that. You know, and it's like, man, 
that was a great time. So I used to think, of my, think to myself, like, this is, I just have an addictive personality. When I do something fun, I just want to keep doing it. I'll keep doing it over and over again, right? Even if it's, a, if we get grouse or if we, if we don't get a deer or whatever, it's fun, right? I'll keep going back and it's that, that opiate, you know, that natural opiate yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, I'm going to keep coming back to it for more. Yep. But now that I, I can look back and see that that's not necessarily what it was. Right. It was that there was a connection, right? Right. We had, we had uh, an opportunity to, to build our relationship, right? That, that two-hour drive from Murdo to Mitchell, Murdo to Mitchell yep. was, I mean, the things that we, we would talk about, the thing, I mean, the fun that we had, the, you know, all that we would do. And then you go and, you know, I don't even know if we got any grout. I think we... We shot some. I don't know. If yeah, we, I don't even remember that. But but uh, we got to have those deep conversations, yes. then, right? And like, you remember the travel? You remember yeah. those things? Well, I remember. I remember the corner post where we were standing. Here. You were telling me. <laughs> I do too. You were telling me about. Yeah, man. What if you never really think? Because we just got done being in track. Yeah. And you're like, you never really think about how much of a workout hunting really is, and then you like, you're like, yeah. Like man, I'm exhausted right now. Like I haven't worked out in a while, but this is it, you know. And then, mm -hmm. and then it kind of built into like, man, my my grandpa, you know, hasn't, you know, exactly. how, the, how the whole thing started, right? Right. And we look at it, and it's like, it wasn't probably the best. I mean, it's different going out for an afternoon of grouse hunting than it is, you know, going to New Mexico for an elk hunt. Yeah. But the connection was there. We're it was, you know, and that's where. I'll keep going back. Like I'll go and walk 22 miles and pack out a deer for five miles because I had the opportunity to do that with my brother. Yes. Right. Because I had the opportunity to make that connection. Mm -hmm. I'll go and hunt and I'll go and like, we can go hunt. And, um, <laughs> that, that day we went antelope hunting, archery antelope. Yeah. Hunting. Yeah. And you almost made me walk back because there was rattlesnake. Yep. But yep. We that went was terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually got another rattlesnake doing that this this year, but yeah. neither here nor there. Um, but we went out and, and scouted for for mule deer that morning, yep. and it was it was one that that you would track for. I think you call him a wizard, right? Yep. That we tracked him for three oh, years. That one, yeah, that one right there. Yep. Yep. But we saw it like yeah. I didn't have a bow. I didn't have a license. I didn't yeah. have anything. But it was just the opportunity to be be there. Yeah. To be connected to yep. like look, it, yep. it's not about the outcome. It's right. about the journey. Yep, yep. And that's why, like, for myself, figuring out my core values and things like that, how, you know, I had to struggle through different moments of my life in where, you know, I was doing things that had relationships, because relationships is one of my core values as well, and how I, you know, it, it fed it, and then I did some stuff that, yeah, it was mostly work by myself, and the I didn't need the relationship to thrive in the work environment, and I was miserable. Right. You know, and then you go back realizing like, oh, what I need is the relationship. And, right. and it's funny because the relationships are tiring and, and doing, you know, and building all the relationships. And for what I do in the sense of, okay, training clients one-on-one, -on -one, right? That's huge relationships. It totally feeds me. It's very tiring right. and taxing. And I do get, you know, tired with it in the sense of like just emotionally tired. But overall... Without it, I'm far worse off than than with it because it totally feeds actually into who I actually am. Not the 
you know, what we think, we talked about the who we're programmed to be and who we actually are. You know, all those relationships that I have, the online training, the relationships you build with our, our following on our social media, all those relationships feed that one of those core values that I actually need to really build that positivity and to give back deeper thoughts that I think about that I put back out. Yep. And so all those things feed a greater cause for what I need in order to, to put back. So I have to receive it for myself from those relationships and, and give. So it's a give and take thing. That's what a relationship is, right? So I re- like, and, and a lot of people don't always realize that like from a client basis, right? They hire me. They're paying me to be around me. They're paying yeah. me to, to, to train right. them. They're training me for my expertise, all those different things, right? Um, they're paying me to, for, to help them get into shape to achieve their goals. But, you know, there's, there's also this compounded effect of it's not, I'm not just receiving a check from them. Right. I'm not just receiving money from them, right? I'm receiving, also receiving a relationship because very seldom do I train somebody that I don't build a relationship with. Right. It maybe has happened a time or two over 10 years where you just don't connect with somebody. Right. But it's almost always a, a relationship built that I'm, I'm receiving. I, I'm the, I always consider myself much more the beneficiary from, from the relationship where, you know, they're paying to receive a, to receive a service. But what I receive is way more than monetary. And that's why you're good at what you do, right? You can't pour from an empty cup. Yes. So, Having, having found a, a, a profession that allows you to be, be filling yourself yeah. as much as you're pouring out is... Here, yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. and, and that allows me, like what you're getting to, is it allows my cup to be refilled so I can continue to pour out. And I've just, you know, I've utilized that then in order to, to have the podcast yep. or to have the, the show or whatever it is. Or just just to jump on a live on Facebook yep. on our page, um, and pour back out because that's what I feel like is one of my callings and my purposes is to not just receive it in that sense and keep it for myself or just give it back to those few clients here and there. It's I want to give it to all you know people who aren't a client that aren't paying me for anything, right? But are still there. So I had a thought. Um, go for it. Maybe I, I'm, I lost so it now. You keep thinking. I'm gonna get into. I just some, I just got distracted by it. the amount of gray on your beard. It's and a then, lot. And then, <laughs> and then you're like, we're not old. But I'm like, I we're kind of old. I'm kind of we're kind of old. So so you talked about yours were your two core values being relationship and uh, give me the personal excellence. personal excellence. And so like when we talked about that a little bit prior podcast, you know, I had to stop and really think about a couple of my core values. Um, and how relationships were definitely a big one. Um, and how, and it's funny because you talk about how you mentioned faith, family, friends, like those aren't really the core values, how you said, you know, it was the relationships that were important to you. And so that's how the relationship with God fell into actually what faith. And so you tied into it was the relationship. And that's how character is for me. Like character was that yeah. big one for me. Um, that is my main core value with relationships because I, I love and feed off of trying to make really good decisions in my life. So yep. that being, and it ties into all the things we talk about on the Live Beyond Average podcast or on our TV show was, okay, I want to make good decisions. To me, character is making great decisions when nobody's around to see you. Yep. And so that falls into things that are really important to me, like a marriage. Making yeah. good decisions when my wife's not around to see me. 
You know what I mean? Or, you know, or, yes. or in hunting. So I think about things that are all important. I mean, I could say, oh, my, my marriage is my core value. Or hunting. I, like, yep. No, what, what, what makes hunting so great is, oh, making really good decisions. You're out there by yourself. What a test of character. Right. You know what I mean? And so, you know, making those decisions, nobody's around to see you. Like yep. not shooting that deer that's over the fence line or whatever that is. If there's an elk that walks through and you're deer hunting, like yeah, exactly. you're yeah. on private property. You've and... never had that happen. <laughs> and so, never once three weeks ago. Yeah, and so like character is that thing where, you know, it's again that confusing aspect of it. It could be hunting is my, you know, all those things. Well, it's actually what falls into hunting. I get to make a lot of good yep. decisions and be challenged or in, a, in my marriage or whatever that falls into character or making sound decisions financially in my business. Yep. Like, and so character feeds that and making all those decisions. And that's a, that's an interesting point that you bring up is that just because you know, that's how those fall into relationship for me, doesn't mean that it's going to be the same for everyone, right? It's, it's going to fall differently. Yep. Because, because to me, a lot of those things that you're, you're talking about, uh, to me feels like my, they fit into my personal excellence, right? Like I'm always trying to, to be the, make the most informed decisions so that I can make the best decisions, right? So I have to make sure that I'm I'm personally excellent in my knowledge yes. and my ability to make good decisions. Now that's a character thing for it's, you. You define it as character, but that's exactly. that's fine. You might but characterize still, things differently as long yeah. as you know it and can be that self-aware of of what it is. Then you can start to act on those things and, and know how they they play out. Hundred percent. So let's give listeners some tools here because you're really good at this. What, uh, you know, we talked about the core values heavily. How are some, and you gave some examples of, you know, there's lists out there. What, what are some easy ways for people to really start building the self-awareness to find like, okay, I, I don't know what my core values are. Let's say somebody's listening. They don't know what their core values are. I want to find them. How do I even go about starting to figure out and being more self-aware to find these core values so I can start feeding them and find the purpose and find the meaning? Yeah. So there's, I mean, obviously Google, you can Google just list of core values um, and kind of go through that process. Um, I would encourage you to not do it alone. Okay. Um, the person, a person that really knows you um, and can help you group. Obviously the highlighting ones that are important to you, that's on you. But when it comes to like putting them on the post-it notes and stuff like that, have, have someone that you really trust and, and knows you so they can be like, well, this one's meaningful to me. This one means a lot to me. And you're like, okay, how do you see that one in your life? How do you how do you live that value, right? And then you say, okay, well, to me, faith is about having a relationship with God. Okay, you said the word relationship. Well, what about family? What does that mean to you? Uh, it's about having a good relationship with my kids and my wife. Okay, now we start to see that pattern, right? It helps you kind of talk it out and, and have someone else with a different perspective help you to get those narrowed in. And it's going to be a process. It's it not is. like you're going to sit this, down in 30 minutes, flip through Google and be like, oh, yep, these two with these three yep. mean a lot to me. Like, make it a make it a process. Make it a, a journey of, like, digging deeper because when we truly talk about self-awareness, part of that is 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 finding some of these whys. And for me, it's funny because, and we're going to get into this, was... It's funny how struggle helps you become more self-aware. And so when you're struggling in life a little bit or going through these changes and adjustments and you're by yourself a little bit and you get to spend some time alone and how you, you can start asking, you. for me it was start asking yourself, why am I the way I am? Or why do I do these certain things? Or why do I think like this? And it starts like pulling you back to some maybe some childhood memories that you've never really thought of oh, or man. some experiences. And uh, I had a, some, you know, a couple months in the summer where I was transitioning from being employed 
to being self-employed where I was you know, driving back three and a half hours to work for my dad to make some extra cash to pay my bills. And I sat on a mower by myself a lot that summer where I was just, yeah, just talking to yourself and talking to myself. And I really started thinking about some of these, these things of like, oh, why do I like to, why, why do I like to encourage people? Like, I don't always encourage myself, but I love to, like, I like to encourage pe- people. Like, that's why I'm a trainer. Yep. Like, what, why is that? Like, what, why do I do that? And like, was I just born that way? Was that just a gift God made me? Of course, maybe that definitely is a trait. But I really got to thinking, and I'm like, dude, it goes back to like fourth grade, ba-. like, I started thinking about like fourth grade basketball, yep. fifth grade basketball, when my, when we had eight kids on the team or nine kids on the team, and we would travel to Rapid City or to Pier for a you know, Y tournament, and my dad was at all the games. My dad took us everywhere. My, you know, my dad was always there, and he was always there after the game for me to to give me a hug and to tell me a, how great of a job I did or that I did this great or this great. And I got to thinking like, oh, I, I noticed that. And I noticed that five of the kids on my team, that their parent wasn't there after the game to give them a hug and to say, dude, you worked really hard that game. Like, you did great. And I, I noticed that as a 10-year-old or whatever age it was. And so for some, for, for who knows why I noticed it, don't know why. And I didn't even know then that I did. Yep. You know, I mean, I, it took me to be 30 years old to realize what it was. And so what did I do then? Okay, I started during the game really pumping up my, yep. my or, you know, if somebody actually made a layup or did something good, I like to always high five them. And after the games, I'd always high five those. And I always made it a point, not just everybody, but I knew the kids that needed it. I knew my friends that, and they weren't really necessarily your friends. They were on your team. Yeah. You lived in a small town. You were friends with everybody. But you know what I mean? But I just made it a point, And all that stuff carried and compounded into who I turned into. Yeah. But it's when you can start spending some time alone a little bit and digging deeper, I think that will help you find some of those so values of the why. Answering whys. So that's a great point. Um, what the, the other big tool that, that we usually... Um, recommend for working with some of these things is, is journaling. Um, mm. Just anytime a situation happens, right? It might come to a point where, you know what, after every meeting, I have an hour long meeting, I'm going to schedule 10 minutes after that so I can just write down my reflections of it, right? Yeah. And it might be five sentences, it might be a whole page and a half, whatever it is, but you start journaling, right? And then that next day, you can go back and read that journal and be like, man, once you know, once you've cooled down, and once you're out of the emotion, be able to look at that and go, "All right, maybe I was a little bit emotional there. Maybe I was, maybe I was inflecting some of my my feelings, and they didn't mean it that way. Things like that. But that really helps some of that self awareness. And it's funny because my journaling was when I started my podcast or started vlogging. Yeah. It was my way of talking to myself. Yep. It really like yes, it was putting out information or putting out what I thought to be val- you know, things that could help people. But really, it was just a moment in time right. that I needed to talk to myself. Well, I remember your 100th episode was, was kind of a review of that. Yeah, and it was just that, like, at the moment, it was my way of talking my way through it. Yep. yep. You know? And if you go back, don't go back, but, <laughs> you know, you go back and listen to some of the early stuff, you can tell. Like, you can tell, like, there was challenging things yep. I was going through, or there was something that I had a chip on my shoulder about, or I was yep. p- pissed off about, like... You could tell in those in those times, and I, I I always tried to spin it to something like, you know, motivation or a yep. go getter. But it was just 
my way of journaling yep. and my way of getting through challenge. Exactly. You know, and and the other thing that I want to want to touch on real quick is is you know you 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 had that experience where you you got to be that self aware and trace it back to what started this, um, and that's actually although we were on different different journeys, that's how I ended up getting to mine too. Is yeah. it, and, and it's not, if there, those of you who are like, well, I didn't have a, a great childhood or things like that. It, it doesn't have to be. And, and, I'll, I'll, and not to say that mine, mine wasn't a great childhood, but, but, uh, when I was 11, um, our family went through a hunting accident. My sister got shot. Um, and spent like six weeks in the hospital here in Sioux Falls. I grew up in Chamberlain. Um, so I was 11, my brother was nine, yep. and my sister was six. Um, we had a hunting accident, she got shot, she spent six weeks or so in there. But then obviously after that, um, you know, multiple surgeries, broken legs, things like, like all of the adjustments and all of the attention um, given to her yep. at a time when... I was the one who was was holding the gun. I was the one who, you know, that the accidentally shot her. Um, I didn't know how to process that, and I needed people, right? Yep. yep. I didn't know how to do that as an eleven year old, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with how it hand. I mean, as a parent, you handle things you you know how to handle, yep, right? Exactly. And I'm not saying anything bad about or or change anything because it's made me who I am today. But. What I've had to what I've had to realize out of myself is that that personal excellence thing came from always trying to find value. Yep. Right. Uh, my sister obviously got got the most attention in that situation, and she should have. Don't get me wrong. With this. Yep. Yep. She should have the attention there. She should be taken care of, and, and things like. I'm not saying not, but I had to try and find ways to get attention that I needed in this situation. Right. Because you I, have to remember, you're a bull. You're a little boy. Yep. You know and I'm I mean? just yep. getting into puberty, yep. um, like the flood of emotions and the still growing stuff, right? Like I found the way to do that as I'm going to be the smartest one in this room. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to be able to argue anything you said, right? I remember we were at a family counseling thing and uh, it's a stupid argument now, but you know, I was, I, I was emotional, I was upset and I remember looking at my mom and yelling, yeah. Well, you don't even know what the color yellow on a stoplight means. It means slow down, and you just step on the gas to speed up to get through. And I'm like, all right, now I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, yellow does mean speed up to get through that light. But <laughs> Let's get out of the way. But but I can look back and say yes. that that wasn't a good time, right? Like, you're talking about being able to see my dad encouraging me. And, and, and again, I'm not saying that mine didn't, but... Being able to see my dad encouraging me and knowing that I needed help those other people. That was a positive experience that yes. tied that value to, right? Yep. Mine necessarily wasn't a positive experience, but it really showed where that value started, right? Yes. Getting back to that root, getting back to that that meaning of, look, here's all of this stuff. Yep. And in order to assign, right, like we go back to the table metaphor where it's analogy, one of the two. I don't never get to you go back to that you have all of this stuff and you got to figure out what the meaning of it is so that you can see what the purpose it's supposed to be yeah right so going back to like and it's a rumble like yes. if you if again if, if we're looking at it for resources I would encourage I would encourage people to um, read the book daring greatly by Brene Brown 
It really helped jumpstart a lot of this stuff. Um, it's it's not it's not gospel, but it's it's really good. Yeah. But she talks in that book a lot about the the Theodore Roosevelt speech, "Man in the Arena." Yeah. Right. Wonderful. It and and if you haven't read it, read it because it's it's it is great. I need to get it like a framed picture in here of that on the, on the wall because it's just it's just it's it's the epitome of like the live beyond live beyond average. yeah like it really exactly is. Yeah. it's it's not the man who's in it's not the critic that counts it's the man who's in the arena giving his all trying everything right that's the person that matters so if at the end of the day if if you can can say that i've tried everything right but it's it's a battle to go into that that think of that gladiator in an arena mm -hmm. right i'm the only one there and here comes like 50 lions, and everyone in the stands is waiting for me to fail. They just came to see a lion tear dude apart. Yep. And I'm standing there, everything's staring down on me, and I'm saying, I gotta fight my way out of this. Yep. That's what that's what this being self-aware is. That's what this living with vulnerability is. That's what this finding purpose in 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 life and, and all that stuff is, is I'm sitting there. Everything wants me to lose, and that's a generalization, but everything wants me to lose. And I gotta find a way to be vulnerable and say, I can recognize that that lion's gonna come at me from behind, so I know that that's where I need to improve. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's how we get through it. It's not, it doesn't matter who's, who's sitting on Twitter saying, oh, you spelled this wrong, or oh, you don't even know what, what this concept is about. Cool, whatever, dude. I, yeah. I, I hope you felt, found meaning in that. But I really, really more hope that you can take what I've said and it plants a seed. Maybe I'm not meant to harvest that seed, but hopefully it plants a seed and you just continue thinking about that. Right, right. And yeah, for anybody who wants to start gaining in that realm, like doing some reading on like Teddy Roosevelt stuff and, you know, just looking at how, you know, what he went through and like live how he lived his life with that. Like it's a great, yeah, it's a great testament of, you know, going through struggle or challenge because that's what he did. So it's, it's pretty cool and going against like knowing people in his case, like being against you or yep. you know, whatever it is. Like he did a lot of that, but he also was obviously very well loved by anybody that was close to him. Yep. And so it was like, you know, it was really cool. It's like, it's a cool story. Like doing some history on, on him is pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, it'll pump you up a little bit, which is always needed. Like, and that's the thing too. Like, you know, we go through all this stuff. Like I was just talking to a buddy about this at the gym yesterday. And like, we were talking about some movies and we were talking about like. The Patriot and Braveheart and like Rocky and like all these movies. I'm like, dude, more people just need to freaking go watch Rocky and go watch Braveheart, <laughs> like and go watch The Patriot, like yep. and go like like they're so because you talk about like yeah you just feel down about stuff or you're like, consuming on social media, like dude, go watch something, ba and like get pumped up, like get some positivity, and, like to me like yeah watching Rocky or watch, right. watching watching those movies that just pump you up or there's like this there's a positive message behind it like it, it gives you some temporary like pump up it's not you know it's not like you're making don't think of it as you're making actual like change in your life by watching one of these movies right. but like it's still about what you're consuming right like it consumes some stuff that pumps you up and excites you or or you know find that listen that that gets you going you know we, it's funny we talk about social media how it's like yeah, you think you're trying to get behind stuff in here. It's like, it's ironic because what do we do as a business, right? We're on social, social media trying to get people to get behind a cause. The difference is, is like, we try to be a positive cause, right? 
but it's still knowing and being self-aware of like where to stop. Well, where to pull yourself away from. Okay, I got it. I got what I needed. Turn it off. And the and the catch twenty two of that is is yes, as a business, you're going out looking for that, but your your intent is that we're giving that people like with this podcast, with your lives, with with the content that you put on the internet, right? You're trying to give people that meaning yes. to congregate to. Yep. You're not trying to get people void of meaning to yes. just come here, right? Yeah, we're trying to help you pull out a greater purpose. Right. right? Which is what this podcast you're, is about. Right. You're you putting know? you're putting your purpose out. Yeah. You're putting the reason that people come to you. Yeah. Um and, and building a, a an atmosphere that way. Well I kinda wanna close on on some of this too, like some background. Like we, we kind of touched on how we how we met like all the way back in college. And so we are friends, like so people kinda know like and how we got on this subject is really cool. Um, so we were friends all through college, after college, like I lived in your basement for you lived, a couple months. Lived in my basement. Yeah, like I was in your wedding. Like we were so we were friends after college for a number of years and then, you know, we talk about how we talk about relationships, talk about growing pains. Like we grew apart for a number of years. Yeah. And it's kind of funny cuz it's a similar story to me and Devin even me and Devin even and he was a, one of those guys too that, you know, young friend, yep. all through life and like, you know, and and I'm using this, giving this as an example of like stages in your life and we totally grew apart. And then it was funny. We got to this point randomly, what has been over a year ago. Now we got back, we went out. It's for actually lunch. last, it was about, a year. about a year ago. Yeah. About a year ago, went out for lunch and kind of reconnected and we sat down kind of like this at the lunch table. It was supposed to be like 20 minute lunch. Yeah, I think we were there like for like two hours. hours. And I mean, no, it was a work day. I wasn't there for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we just literally like were men about things. And we put stuff on the table on, because neither one of us knew why we weren't friends right. at that moment. We just knew that we weren't really friends anymore. Yep. And we just put things on the table. And it was really funny because we learned about each other that we were both going through almost identical things when it came to just, like you mentioned it as an identity crisis. And it was kind of like basically the same thing for me, right? You're going through a change in, in career, figuring out things in life. And we started like just like, telling our stories to each other and it was like oh wow like it wasn't you and it wasn't me really it was just yep. we were going through things and for both of us we weren't capable of being that opposite thing for the friend at that moment right like we weren't like and i think about that with a couple of my other friends now and i, I and it's because of this situation that i've learned it where i i know i'm not capable of being the friend they need yep. right now and it makes me feel bad a little bit, but at the same time, it's I know it's okay. I'm because I know in some relationships I don't have what it takes right now to be what that person needs, and that's not my fault. Right. Like, and it's not their fault, but it's just something like communicated. Just is. Just it just, yep. it just and is. Like, we're not always capable of providing what somebody else has in their mind. You know what I mean? Like, right. like. You're not, and I like to use this term a little bit, and it doesn't really fit perfectly in the situation, but just remember as a person, like, you're not responsible for what somebody else thinks of you. Like, right. you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you got to let yep. go what the expectation that somebody else has put on to you, because you're not responsible for that. You're responsible for how you act, what you do, and what you're capable of providing. Well, so. and I think that, I think it does fit, right? So, we went to that lunch, and... I'll be honest, I stressed about it for a while. Yeah. Um, 
what was ironic, so people know, was that I was thinking about this without talking to Jared, and Jared was thinking about it. And Jared was the one who made the first move on it um, and actually texted me. But when he texted me, I literally was like, because yeah. I was like, wow, this has been on me for like a month or two. Like, I was like, God had it on my heart yeah. too for like a couple months, and I just wasn't being obedient, like texting you. And then you, you were the one who reached out, and I was like, okay, I get I get it. Well, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's crazy. And I'll be honest, it took a couple months for me too. Like, yep. again, you're in my wedding. Like, looking at those different, pi or pictures that pop up as memories on Facebook. Right. You know, like, man, nobody in my, in my wedding picture, none of my groomsmen, I talk to anymore. I mean, for various different reasons. Sure, but, yeah. But, like, get life, life, life man, yep. like, that hurts. You know, and it finally got to a point where... Uh, we're still connected on Snapchat or whatever, but it was, I was in Kansas City for a military school, yep. and you were at the, the Chiefs NFC Championship game? We were at the, yeah, we or were the at the division no, game. It was the division game against AFC, Houston. AFC, but yeah, yeah anyway. Game, which is crazy, by the way. So, so I was at, yeah, it was, <laughs> but I kept seeing his Snapchats, right? And I'm, I'm down in Kansas City, and I was like, we're minutes apart right now. Right, like we're five hours away from home, and we're the closest we've been in a long time like yeah you know what maybe it's just time to to reach out and it was hard and it was like I came into there and, and this is where even I talk about like living with vulnerability like coming into that I was like dude I don't I don't know why we've grown apart if yep. it's something I did then then I'm sorry but if it's something that you can't get over then fine I'm we're done Right. Yeah. Right. But right. You can't come in with that that no. type of conversation. We didn't even know how to really talk to each other. When no. We, first we just kind of sat like, there. And, hey. Like. Let's go get something. To, let's order. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like forcing conversation. Yep. Like. <laughs> and then it was finally like. We both knew why we were there. Yep. Dropping that shield and being like, "Look, dude, I don't know what happened. Yep. But I miss my friend. Yes. I mean, I miss being able to just go hunt. Right. Yep. Or like, just talk on text or whatever. Even, yeah. I don't. I don't have to be on film, but right. let's, we used to love hunting together. Let's go hunt, you yep. know? Yep. Um, or, or again, that personal, uh, ex, the personal excellence value for me, right? Yep. Like I've gotten big into archery because archery is something that I'm not great at, but it's something that I can keep improving on. Yeah. It's, I mean, and, and the, the, the level of bow that, that we're shooting even the slightest torque or anything like that makes that arrow go crazy, you know, yep. but at the, the range, it's, I mean, there's always room to improve. So I'm like, Hey, Jordan's, Jordan's a lot better at this than me. What do I, you know, help coach me on this, things like that. Um, things that build that relationship, but it took coming into there with vulnerability and putting those shields down at the door and saying, I'm not walking in here with an, Oh, well, if we don't want to be friends anymore, then fine. You know, I'm right. out. It was, Look, dude, let's let's get to the bottom of like I don't know what happened. Yeah. But I mean like you I was the first person you I, I keep thinking about this. Uh, in college your your the apartment below you started on fire. Yep. And you're like, it's it's like four thirty in the morning and you're like, dude, can you come get me? And I just remember pulling up and you're at that you're on that picnic table outside and holding that. holding Cosmo and just just pissed off face and hood up and just Got in the got in the pickup with me and we drove back. He slept on the couch for a while and whatever. We went back and it was like I didn't think anything of it. Right, right. Like it's just yeah, hundred percent just what you do. It's I mean, like, you were we were close enough friends to the point where I was your first call. Yep. And we've grown to the part where it's like, 
I don't know, you know, what started it, but we were just there. Yep. And then we just had to come in with that conversation, like, look, we're too good of friends to just let this die. Yep, exactly. And and, and from a standpoint of like, you know, having similar core values, having same, you know, the ultimate goals in life, you know, in what, you know, we know why we're here on earth for, right. things like that, like, you know, we knew, like, yeah, there's, there should be, we are the type of men that should be supporting right. type of men like that. Like, and you just, and it's, it's just bro. heavy. It's tough, yeah. And it's, it's heavy to keep carrying that weight. Yep. Like, yep. it's exhausting to continue to look at a post and be like, uh, Jordan, you know. Yep. Yep, dude. I, I get it. It's just heavy. Yep. yep. It sucks. It's it's growth in life, and just like, and I think, dude, and like you said, we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. That's being, it brings out way more manliness. Oh like, yeah. Like you think about like, oh, going to that meeting, like I'm giving up power and manliness by sitting down and and trying to get this worked out. Like I'm I'm yep. I'm submissing to do that. Like no, it it takes way more of a man. It brings out way more right. manliness to resolve problems, to build the relationships back, and to do all those things. Like that takes manliness and toughness and grit right. and all those things that we think about. That's manly. Well, and even like, I mean, as twenty twenty is is bound to show us. I mean, two yes. weeks left in the year. It's still bound to show us that that we need those those vulnerably. Oh, yes, we're vulnerably courage, courageous things, right? Like, yeah. Like, man, there is, there is so much uh, uh, tribalism and discord with because of politics and masking and vaccines and COVID and all of this stuff, right? And it's just so polarizing to be able to to use that trait of coming in with with vulnerability and being like, I'm maybe I'm not right, right? I have these these beliefs and yep. maybe I'm not right. Yeah. But can we have a vulnerable conversation? Because that takes courage, yep. right? It, think about it. It takes courage to go into to a medical professional and say, can you explain why wearing a cloth mask works to me? Because I'm not seeing it, yep. right? It, it takes courage because that person's seeing things differently than you and, and whatever. But it's, it's not coming in and trying, I'm not going to try and argue to you that masks don't work. I'm just coming and saying, please help me understand. I'm going to be vulnerable. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And the amount of places that that, please help me understand why you th- think this politically. Please help me understand. This is what I see. What What do you see? And it's not an I gotcha. It's, I, I just want to see things from the other side so that I can make that, you talk about, you know, a, a good character. The personal, like, I want to be able to make the best decision for myself, for my family. Can you help me see something differently than I see it now? Yeah. And, I, and if not, I mean, that's cool. But yeah, it doesn't mean you're going to see it differently. But, yeah, go into it. And I know that's one of my toughest things. I can be very polarizing in my beliefs. Like, I, and I know, I know I can. I'm not blind to it. Like, I believe, like, things that line up with my core values. And I'm, like, all right. in on stuff. And I'm very much, I'm, that is my personality. And 2020 has tested that for me. And really, like, brought that out where I'm like, no, I, I want to be, like, in certain areas, I want to be polarizing and hard on some of my yep. beliefs because I just, I don't want to back away from my line. Yep. I, I want my line. I think, I think about our founding fathers and cer- certain things, and I'm like, gosh, if they would have backed away from their line, we wouldn't oh, be here right now. Absolutely. And so I, I really look to some of those <laughs> things. Um, but I also know how it can be detrimental in certain things. Like, 
I know the conversations me and my wife has had that she's not as, she, she, you know what I mean, she doesn't want to be as polarizing in some of those things, but she believes the exact same thing right. as me, and I want her to be as patriotic or as, a, as stand up on that line as, as me, but without, you know, supportive courage, that's not necessarily a possibility, like without, yep. without me standing beside her and encouraging that. Like, and so it's just about learning and how, like, okay, I'm being way too polarizing in our conversations about that, you know, so you have to be self-aware on, okay, how do I get people to come alongside me? Like, because if you're over-polarizing, you don't have anybody come alongside you right. and, and stand up with your line. So then what's your purpose and what's the meaning behind it? Well, you're going to be there by yourself. Yep. And so, like, okay, how do I, how do I communicate those purposes and meanings to get people to come stand up on the line with me? And then, again, even doing that... You tie in that other one of relationship, right? Exactly. If you're too polarizing, it, it's, it goes back to self-awareness. Yep. Right? It, it, it's just, man. It's cool. It, it all ties together. It all it's ties just, together. And as you're getting into this, I think you're going to find that same thing. And you're going to start finding these conversations and these things to battle with. And like right. those, those relationship connection points with other people that, you can, that are going to help you grow to these same points and help you go beyond within yourself, which then in turn, you guys know, help build your business, help build your relationships with your wife or your husband yep. or in your faith. Like it all snowballs, positivity comes from it. And then people who are around you feed off of it. Yeah. So dude, thanks for coming on today. Yep. That was awesome. We're going to do some more of these for sure. Cause I know you're going to be at home subject lining more stuff. Uh -huh. And so, cause I know your personality. So, <laughs> So it's going to be awesome. We'll have more stuff coming. Obviously, not all of our podcasts are, you know, some of them are, you know, some of them are deep. Some, you know, I think this one has a good combination of like some deep stuff, some fun stuff. And I, I liked it. Yeah. It was good. Um, so, of course, if you guys felt like you benefited off of it and you know somebody that needs to listen to it too, from a small business aspect, it means a lot to us when you share it with somebody else or you give it a comment, a like, share it in your Instagram story, whatever that is. We hope you have a great rest of your week and crush the rest of 2020.